From the fallen ruins of the Statue of Liberty, it's the IGN DigiGuys. Please welcome two men ready to give mocap apes a chance, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. And we're kind of back. Uh, just so that everybody's clear, for about three weeks there, we were getting some emails. People were like, are you guys off? What's the deal with the feed? And uh, the feed apparently was, this was discussed extensively on the Facebook page, the feed was broken somewhere. Apparently, this is how I understand it. Somewhere, um, WordPress and FeedBurner got into a spat and weren't talking to each other. I don't know what FeedBurner is, and I kind of know what WordPress is, but yeah, that's the best I can do. I, I kind of know what WordPress I know WordPress is like a blogging tool. I don't know how it figures into podcasts. FeedBurner, I'm just going to assume it, it burns feeds. Feeds. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, somewhere that... that it, and, and it turns out... Are you ready for this? It turns out somehow there wound up being an extra space in a URL of some kind, which made FeedBurner just completely lose its mind. And uh, it took a tech to figure that out, and I'm sure he charged about $800 an hour. So anyway, that's all fixed, and so we're back, and um, here we are. Aren't you excited that I saw Captain Russia, the summer conscientious objector? Did you really? I saw Captain Captain uh, Russia, the summer conscientious objector. Would you mind telling me what that is exactly? That's uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Which would have been great if we did our if you know this was posted yeah. in a more timely fashion, but it was sure. not thanks to our yeah. uh, our recently right. discussed issues. Well, there we go. But it's good. It's the second best Marvel movie after the Avengers. Really? Yep. All right. It's good. Now somehow they wound up taking uh, Marvel's Midas touch is so perfect that they actually looked at these two guys, these brothers. Mm-hmm. Who did nothing but a bunch of sitcoms right. and the comedy You, Me, and Dupree and said, here's $125 million. Why don't you do Captain America 2? All they had directed is a bunch of sitcoms and You, Me, and Dupree. Which is dreadful. And a couple other nothing things. And you know what? Why don't we have you direct Captain America 2? Well, um, And you know what? I, I, I mean, I, obviously they are, they are greatly indebted to their yes. second unit director. Yes. That being, <laughs> that being said, that being said, you, you enjoyed it. Yes, it's the second best good. Marvel movie. It's a good movie. The, the second to Avengers. But so, so Iron Man doesn't factor in there anywhere. You know what? Send the hate mail to Alt Film Guide, which is who I write for. Uh, actually, you know what? I actually had a line. I actually had a line in the review that, okay. I, that I that I removed, and the mm-hmm. line was, uh, you know, it's the second best Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, just next to the Avengers. Yeah. And I, I had written in parentheses, yes, that includes Iron Man. Please send hate mail, care of nice. this website. But I took that out. Nice. So I'm just All saying, right. Captain America 2, very good. So I also want to say at the outset, uh, because of the, 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 the weird feed freakism, because of the, uh, the feed burner and uh, WordPress um, uh, blow up, we had a giveaway that kind of got lost in the shuffle. So we're gonna, we, we did get some people who sent stuff in, but we want to give everybody a second chance because by the time the feed got fixed, the, the date that we kind of set as a sunset for uh, people to apply for the giveaway uh, to send their emails in, it expired. So we're going to do this again. Angels in Stardust, which we talked about uh, last week. Last week or the week before? One of the two. Yes. With Alicia Silverstone playing a mom, doing a very good job. We're going to give away three copies of it. And it's a, it's a lovely, sweet family film. If you have kids, they'll love it. 
If you don't have kids, you'll probably love it. But we're giving away three angels in Stardust. And uh, go ahead and send us an email to gods at digigods.com. Gods at digigods.com. With angels in the uh, subject line and your name and address in the body of the email. And three people will be chosen at random to receive uh, copies. And we will let you know. Uh, as lo- We will let you know by Monday, uh, April 6th. And we need your emails uh, stamped by Sunday the 5th. That's right. Is it, is it Sunday the 5th or am I, are my dates completely wonky? No, Sunday's the 6th. So Monday's the 7th. I take it all back. We'll let you know by Monday the 7th. Uh, so your emails need to be, uh, need to show a time and date stamp on Sunday, April 6th. No later. If they get to us by Sunday, April 6th, you're all good. We'll pick three people. So gods at digigods.com. And you're going to get uh, angels and stardust. You'll be in the running. So that being said now... Um, Don't you care what food I'm going to give you this week? Yeah, I was just going to say, what am I going to get? To? You realize I, I'm stuffed right now. I had a big dinner. Couldn't care less. Okay. Because not only... Here's the thing. Is I, I didn't I, have dessert, though. I was, you know, I was going to. You're about to I, have dessert. On, I had to pick my mother-in-law up because she was stranded. So uh, apparently car caught on fire or something. I didn't catch the whole story. I was listening to the radio on the way back. But anyway, the, I, had to, I had to pick her up. And then on the way back, I, I went to Sweet Lady Jane, favorite bakery, right? Yes. Love Sweet Lady Jane. There's one in Santa Monica now. Yes, exactly. So dropped by there to pick up a loaf of bread because love their fresh bread. And I looked at some of the pastries and I was like, ooh, I think I'm going to get myself one of those, one of those uh, caramel sea salt brownies. Ooh. Yeah. And then I was like, No. Because tonight, Mark's going to make me eat one of his pastries. <laughs> so I chose not to. Thank you. I conserved my, my, um, my sweet tooth. I, I, well, I'll have yeah. you know that um, uh, I don't particularly like what I made. Yes. I'm actually trying to get rid of it, mm-hmm. which is one reason why I'm giving you one. Now, I'm going to do That's something. That's becoming an ongoing thing, it you, seems. Yeah, but you always seem to like it, though. Yeah, I guess. So uh, here's the thing. Yes. I'm, I'm not only going to give this to you and make you eat it. Mm-hmm. I've decided I'm going to take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. Oh, well. Because we haven't been doing that. Okay. I make all these uh, things and uh, you eat sure. them and I, we, we should put it on Facebook. Let's do it. Because I made you homemade ring dings. Oh. It's a ring ding, but it's a homemade ring ding. Oh, that's nice. It is nice. So I'm going to go get the homemade ring ding. You do that. Because I want you I'm, we're, You we're, know we're what? Take, yeah, you're not even listening to me. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I don't like these homemade ring dings. Okay. I don't think, I don't think they're, they're that great. Right. But uh, that being said, I'm going to take a picture of you eating the homemade ring ding. Oh, that's nice. And then uh, post it on Facebook. Well, Very I'll good. Talk, what is that big, gigantic pile you have right there, right next to you right now? This pile right yes, here? What is that? This is now, a pile. By the way, we should tell people we're going to be talking about uh, Anchorman 2 and yes. Saving Mr. Banks. And all oh, some, oh it's fun. It's, it, this is a great week. I'm not kidding you. Oh, uh, this is a serious week. This is a great week, which Wade will begin by talking about whatever crap he's no, got in his hand right now. Well, I'm going I'm, yeah, I'm to get through a bunch of, I'm gonna get through a bunch of crap. That's great. Right? And um, so we start talking. Yes. What is? What are you looking for? No, I'm just. I'm just sort of orienting myself. Okay. You don't talk about the good stuff. Talk about the crap because I'm going to go get you your homemade ring ding. Okay, fine. And take a picture That's of you fine. eating it. Okay, very good. Okay. Actually, there's not a lot of crap this week. It's good. Like kind of all interesting. But I, I'll do the. I'll, I'll do the kid vid first because okay. I know that oh. drives you crazy. It, it drives our listeners crazy. Yeah, it's okay. It's pretty good, kid vid this week actually. Um, we've got uh, Hot Wheels Battle Force 5 Fused Season 2 Volume 1 and Volume 2 
That is such a mouthful. I can't imagine anybody being interested in this unless you actually know what that means. I don't know if the series is Hot Wheels or Hot Wheels Battle Force 5 or Fused. It's all very confusing. And it's all very uh, kind of quasi-neo-anime in the CGI style. And it's clearly for boys and not for my daughter. So I'm not that terribly interested in it. This looks like a like a, a Twinkie or what do they call them? Uh, it's a ring ding. It's a ding dong. A ding dong. Thank yes, you. Yes, it's a homemade ding dong. Okay, a wing ding. <laughs> it's no wing ding. It's a ding dong. Okay, fine. Anyway, so that's Hot Wheels Battle Force Five. It's five episodes apiece. It's like it's uh, it's cars and guys who drive cars and it's uh, very speed racery and kind of Battle of the Planetsy and anime and and uh, kind of a little bit like. Uh... What are you doing? I'm taking a picture of you at. <laughs> You realize that's going on Facebook. All right, fine. Now, hey, now wait, there's one more picture I want to take. Yes. Which I'll post both. I yes. want people to see that my homemade ring ding yes. has cream in the middle. Okay. So I'm going to cut it open. May I see that picture that you're going to post? Uh, yes, you may. This is great radio, by the way. Yeah. Here. Let me see. Do you not want me to post that? Uh, no. Don't post that. Don't okay. post that. I look like well, I look like some KABC drive time schlub. Well, take it seriously, and then so give me a nice smile. Okay, Don't stop fine. recording. All right, fine. Here. Thank you. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Yes. Three. That this will be on Facebook in a few minutes. Three, two, one. Such a dork. Okay. How about uh, how about this? Yeah, that's acceptable. That'll work. It's a little okay. too much shine on my forehead, but we don't have a makeup person, so okay. that's fine. I'm going to cut this open now so you can see this cream in the okay, middle. I'll that. take another picture because yeah. I want everybody to be impressed yes. that I actually made this with cream in the middle. You, do that. you wonder to yourself, how did he get cream in the middle of this thing? Magic. Magic. <laughs> with, a, with a syringe. Yes. You, you put the cream on a spoon and you melt it over like a little Bunsen burner, and then you get a syringe. And you you uh, you kind of give oh it this one doesn't have a lot of cream in it damn too late that's all right so anyway we've, I've, I've, okay fine moving on Hot Wheels Either way this is great Hot Wheels it's a thing it's Hot Wheels I don't care it's you know it, whatever um, you know birds are becoming increasingly a big deal in animation uh, I don't really know why Angry Birds and and. Thank you. Pause both of them. Wait, wait. Let's see. Let me see this. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, oh, come let, on. Let's take that again. Do that oh, again. Oh, that's take, a good take, one. Take it again. No, do that again. This is do that great again. internet radio, by the do way. I again. have to say, this is, here is nothing better. I would take you one more picture okay, one more of picture. the cream one more inside picture. the uh, ring ding. Yes. Homemade ring ding. Which, by the way, Wade hasn't tasted yet. It c- could be terrible. No, wait. No, 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 no. Turn like that so you see the cream in the middle. Three. No, no, no. Two, I'll hang I'll do it. Right. That's it. Perfect. Three. Two, uh, Wade gave us his best Benny Hill face. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. That's great. Oh could Jerry, you, Jerry would like be. Oh Jerry would be proud of that one. So okay. anyway, Birds of Paradise meet the Flockers. It's a it's a pun. It's kind of funny. It gets the family approved seal thing, and it's only available at Walmart. Uh, it's you know what it's uh, it's not the greatest CGI animation, but it's got some good voice casting. Uh, you know, I I can't complain about anything that has John Lovitz. I'll be honest, Jane Lynch, John Lovitz, done. I'm I'm interested. Uh, everybody else in this thing, Ken Jeong doesn't really make me laugh anymore. Uh, Ashley Tisdale, I could care less about. I don't even know which voice she was. I, I wouldn't know Ashley Tisdale if she somebody dropped her on me. Um, but John Lovitz and Jane Lynch as birds, hey, I, I'm all over it. Um, 
This is interesting. It's a 3D Blu-ray uh, deal called War of the Worlds Goliath. And uh, it's from the co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which means absolutely nothing. It's basically uh, kind of a... It's like RoboCop meets Terminator meets uh, apocalyptic monster anime. All that crap all folded into one. Um, it's okay. Uh, you know, if you've seen... Um, if you've seen Pacific Rim, you've seen actually a better variation on this. If you've seen uh, Starship Troopers, you've seen a better variation. I on love this. Starship Troopers, but it's all right. Uh, you know, I don't know that it, uh, it's it's uh, it's you know it's okay. I guess uh, it, I, I, you know I watched about twenty minutes of it and seemed perfectly fine. Um, the uh, the pirate fairy Disney is throwing all kinds of uh, money behind. This is a Peter Pan spinoff. And I'm not fond of the animation. I would have loved if they'd have just been true to it. This is like uh, from the world of Peter Pan, as imagined by the animators of Frozen. That's kind of the the whole vibe of this thing. Um, and I just I don't know if I, that I like the idea of expanding the the fairy universe beyond Tinkerbell. But if you if that kind of you know rocks your fancy a little bit. I, I suppose that this is uh, probably okay for little girls in that sense. Feels a little violent to me. Uh, the one thing I did like about this is that they got Tom Hiddleston to do a voice. I love Tom Hiddleston. Love his voice. And a lot of lovely bonus features here. Perfectly fine for kids. It's Unless you're a Peter Pan purist, not so great. Winnie the Pooh, springtime with Roo. Yeah, I love anything to do with uh, Winnie the Pooh, especially uh, Hippity Hoppity Roo and Tigger 2. And any other rhyme that I can come up with, uh, it's uh, it's Winnie the Pooh. It's it's awesome. It's wonderful. It's great. It's just lots of fun, and it's on Blu-ray, and it's just it's it's a joy. I uh, it, Eeyore and Piglet. It's just great. Anything to do with pigs these days, by the way, you know, because I'm all into Peppa because of, the, of my daughter, Peppa Pig. We love Peppa Pig. Uh, Monster High, which is an ongoing thing that. Apparently has a following. Uh, is back with uh, frights camera action. I guess you also get ultraviolet on this thing. Uh, mystifies me. It's a little bit like brats with fangs. Go figure. Uh, and then we also have the uh, Green Lantern, the animated series, which is uh, not really that good, but it's better than the movie. And um, I guess that's saying something. So that's on Blu-ray. Uh, from Warner Archive, by the way. So not probably as easily findable as you might hope. But the, uh, that's the entire series. It's about uh, you know, 10 hours worth. And uh, then lastly, one of the most bizarre titles ever. This is a Blu-ray, DVD, and ultraviolet combo set. It is an original Scooby-Doo movie. Are you ready for this, Mark? Mark, you're out of the room. I'm Mark? here. I'm here. I'm it's an original Scooby-Doo movie. Are you ready for this? Scooby-Doo. And by the way, our longtime listener and good friend Alexander Berlika um, f- like, could not believe that this actually exists, and I agree with him. Uh, Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania, Mystery, the original movie. Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania, Mystery. That's great. It's a Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania movie. WWE Entertainment somehow finagled their way into the Warner Brothers hive mentality and said, uh, why don't we do a, a joint thing where Scooby-Doo 
had, like meets the WrestleMania wrestlers and all this jazz. Now, it's not quite as alien as it well, might but, seem. But by because the way, Scooby Doo. There was a, there was an incarnation of Scooby Doo in the early seventies, which I remember very well, and which reruns all the time. By the way, on Nick Jr. Where they did like team ups with celebrities, you know, they teamed up with Batman and Robin, right? And Casey Kasem does the voice of Robin because he's already doing the voice of Shaggy, and you're like, Robin sounds like Shaggy if he weren't stoned. And you know, so there Three Stooges were there, which is a little weird because the Three Stooges in the 1970s were dead, and uh, Don Knotts, you know, very strange. Anyway, so this is kind of keeping in this in that vein, but it's it's still weird to me, and. Uh, it, Let me guess. Here's what happens at the end. It turns yeah. out that the uh, that the bad guy mm-hmm. dressed as a ghost, uh, so that he can scare the townspeople away, so he can have the the, the gold all to himself. Oh, you're trying my homemade ring ding. Which I didn't. Is, I didn't watch it all the way through. Oh well, no. That that's the end of every Scooby Doo. I don't know. Every, every Scooby Doo, he he dresses. He dresses uh, the villain dressed as a swamp monster, so he can scare away the townspeople, so he can get the gold. I know that, but it's a Scooby Doo movie. Most Scooby-Doo's are only a half an hour long. I can't handle Scooby-Doo longer than half an hour. Okay. And I can't handle Scrappy-Doo, who's not in this, by the way. I can't handle Scrappy-Doo for longer than, like, five minutes. Okay, no, no one cares. So, uh... This is good, actually. No, and I not. hate ding-dongs. Is that good? It's good. Really? Yeah. Because you haven't told me anything's bad for a while, and that worries me, because it makes you think you're lying. No. Would I be eating it? Please. Let me break. Water. No water. No, actually. There's water over there. Behind oh, your computer. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Okay, can we talk about something, please? Yeah, please. Well, you know, by, by all means, would you please tell people why Brian May is awesome? Uh, Brian May is awesome. Love Brian May. You know Brian May invented that guitar with the famous Queen sound? He and his dad invented that guitar. They built that guitar from scratch. Now, Brian May, by the way, not only was a fantastic guitarist for uh, one, of, one of my favorite rock bands of all time, and I believe Freddie Mercury was once named the best singer in rock and roll history. Not surprising. In terms of range, in terms of the way he just hits a note and keeps it, he's amazing. Yeah. Also, Brian May became a film composer. Did, no, he didn't. No. Different Brian May. Yeah, I'm talking about the, the guy who did the, the Mad Max. I know. Yeah. I know. That's, that's an Australian guy who's never been a rocker in his life. I know. Um, anyway. So. <laughs> you tried to pull the wool over our. You tried to fool our listeners. That's yes, I nice. did. Anyway, so um, <laughs> last year at the NeverEnding Montreux uh, Film Festival, live at Montreux, uh, Brian May performed, and he was great. He did a bunch of. Um, Bunch of Queen stuff, including uh, dust, <laughs> dust in the wind. <laughs> okay, dust in the wind is not Queen. Um, anyway, we will rock you and a crazy little thing called love and a bunch of other stuff too, including some classics. Uh, you know, <laughs> Born Free. He does Born Free. Well, it's a who would have thought? It's a it's a pairing. You know, he's 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 doing it with Carrie Ellis. It was a series of concerts, the candlelight concerts, and you know. So I mean I, I I'm completely unfamiliar with who Carrie Ellis is, but apparently Brian May considers her awesome enough to you know perform with her. So yeah, I I thought this was fine. I uh, you know I I love Brian May. I prefer Brian May with Queen, but it's 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 nice hearing him kind of stretch and do some interesting things. By the way, speaking of uh, going outside your your comfort zone, um, did you ever do you, do you remember when Devo did that um, that Muzak? Easy Listening album, where it was all Devo hits done in the style yes. in the style of Easy Listening. Clever. That was the funniest thing ever. That was really great. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, it wait, was we weird have... and surreal, but anyway, sorry. Carry all right, on. well, we have two featuring uh, Carl Palmer, which is very strange because he's hardly like uh, the greatest thing ever. But uh, he was the drummer for Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, which mm-hmm. is a classic uh, 70s, uh, you know, like kind of a 
prog rocky type band. Yeah. We have a decade, 10th anniversary, called Palmer, celebrating mm-hmm. the music of Emerson, Lincoln Palmer, mm. um, including a fanfare for the common man and uh, trilogy and Nut Rocker, which is Wade's favorite song. <laughs> Nut Rocker. You also have uh, the Solo, uh, which is a Carl Palmer um, DVD. Mm. This was uh, per- first performed in uh, 2010 in uh, Birmingham, and uh, we also have finally. A uh, documentary called Punk in Africa, Three Chords, Three Countries, One Revolution. This is all about the multiracial punk movement in um, South Africa mm. and Mozambique and Zimbabwe. Mm. And <laughs> I'm doing my best, Peter Boyle. You know, Wade, I can actually give you another one of those because I'm trying to get rid of them. Really? Yeah. You mean like right now? Now. To eat Do now? It. Yeah. Really? Hit me. Oh, here's the, well, here's the, there's a problem. What? It's frozen. So it might take like half an hour to defrost. That's right. Defrost it. We got time. All right. We got time. And then go, to go talk about something else. I'll talk about something else. I'm going to take yeah. one out of the Do freezer. That. I'm, all up, I'm all over it, man. I can't believe you like those. Yeah. Let's rock it. Dude, I'm going on, on three hours of sleep in the last 24 hours. This is my life. So, we got some classic music, too. Classical music. Uh, all of this stuff from Naxos, uh, from a number of lines that Naxos carries. Three of them from the Opus Arte line. Some interesting stuff if, uh, if you are into ballet and opera and all that kind of jazz. Uh, we have um, two and a half hours of opera on Glorious Glindeborn. Um, this is, you, 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 first of all, if, if Glindeborn means absolutely nothing to you, no point here. It's, this, is the, this is all from the um, uh, Glindeborn Festival Opera. And uh, it, there's Mozart on here, there's Puccini, there's uh, Benjamin Britten, there's Verdi, there's Handel, there's Wagner, Stravinsky, on and on and on. A lot of great opera music, a lot of great opera performances. So that's a uh, that's just for opera buffs left and right. And then we have um, the ballet Le Corsaire from the Ballet du Capitole, and uh, that's lovely. Actually, I'm, I'm I've always heard of the Corsaire, uh, but I've never actually seen Le Corsaire. I'm uh, I am increasingly more interested in ballet than I used to be, probably because I have a little girl who's eventually going to be studying it. So that's that's lovely. And then uh, we also have uh, Arthur Peters' The Metamorphosis, which is this um, bizarre, weird, twisted uh, kind of modern dance interpretive performance art thing where they're kind of trying to turn Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis into like this weird modern dance monstrosity. And it's a little creepy and impressionistic, and I, I, I'm not sure I particularly enjoyed much of it. Um, I gave this about a half an hour as well. It, it, it's... You know, I know the story of Metamorphosis. I've read it many times. Didn't quite get the transition. But anyway, this was performed in the Royal Opera House. And so it certainly feels legit uh, in its presentation of the uh, British Royal Ballet. So, And then there's a really cool documentary called uh, Carlos Kleiber, I Am Lost in the World. Uh, Kleiber, famous uh, legendary um, conductor who was oftentimes overshadowed uh, by Herbert von Karajan. They were giants around the same time. And, uh, but he was, you know, he, he hated the press. He hated the whole, he hated just being a part of being, he just wanted, he just wanted to be a conductor. He didn't like the whole public eye and the, the celebrity of it or any of the stuff. Really an interesting guy. And, um, you know, it was a very much a yin and yang kind of, uh, kind of a deal. You always have those sorts of rivalries, right, in the arts. It happened millions of times. And uh, so this is interesting. It, uh, it kind of gets inside his head and inside his career and inside the enigma that was the man. And 
Really interesting. A lot of good, in, uh, good interviews. So even if you're not a, a fan of classical music, you would find this documentary absolutely fascinating. Carlos Kleiber, I Am Lost to the World. All right, Mark. Yes, sir. I want you now. You want me now? I'm not really yeah. going to... Uh... I want you to unleash your inner mystery science yeah. fanboy once again. These things simply don't stop. You really don't. I have so many of these, and it's kind of like I don't really want them anymore. <laughs> I really don't. But I, you know what? The thing is that the only ones I like are the ones that have the... Um, which fans of the podcast already yeah. know. I uh, only like the ones that have the shorts. Because the shorts are hilarious. Although yeah. a, a lot of the shorts you can get on YouTube. Yep. But uh, we have two. We have um, Mystery Science Theater 3029, which includes uh, Untamed Youth, Hercules, and the Captive Women, The Thing That Couldn't Die, and The Puma Man. I, the Thing That Couldn't Die is the funniest one. Yeah. Um, and the good thing is that they're doing a little better job of the extras. Here they have new interviews with uh, Mamie Van Doren, who starred in Untamed Youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of cool. Now, the one you really should kind of get, although it's not that much more exciting is um, the 25th anniversary edition mm. now this includes Moon Zero 2 The Day the Earth Froze The Leech Woman and Gorjo now it has a bonus disc that has Mitchell and the Brain That Wouldn't Die now Mitchell and the Brain That Wouldn't Die I have on single discs so this one I would want uh-huh. um, now the extras include um, Life After MST3K with Mary Jo Pell a um, couple of interviews uh, 25th anniversary of remembrances. So, if you're a mystery science fan, and these things are just piling up in your collection like they are with me, you might want to get a little more judicious. So, definitely mystery science 25th anniversary edition. I know I can get rid of some of my single discs uh, with that, and you should too. So, uh, there you go. Now, All right. I'm taking no, what? Are you taking this back? I'm taking this one. All right. Oh, oh you, you here? By all means, knock yourself out. Do I want this? And as long as we, no, I thought you didn't want it. So whatever. Anyway, uh, the as long as we're on the schlock end of things, I want to make mention of a couple of King Kong movies. No, no, not anything really. Not not the King. No, not the classic King Kong. These are from Universal, both on Blu-ray. I have no idea how Universal even wound up with these movies. Um, they are both. They are both King Kong movies, courtesy of Toho courtesy of the Godzilla people who decided at a certain point that they would juice up the whole Godzilla Japanese monster movie thing with uh, a really, really bad guy in a giant monkey suit that looks just ridiculous. And uh, I'll tell you, first of all, King Kong Escapes, stupidest, funniest movie you will ever see. Because it's basically King Kong fighting a giant robot King Kong. Yeah. That is awesome. so Japanese. <laughs> it's the worst robot. It's a guy in a big metal ape suit. It's just, it's not even really metal. It's like a big plastic, it's horrible. Um, boy, this, this, these, this was just an era that, like a hundred years from now, people are going to look back and they were, they're just going to be mystified. They won't know what to make of it. Especially Japanese people a hundred years from now, they're going to look back and they're just going to think, really, that's... Really? Why? What? The, where, how did that happen? Anyway, uh, it, there's a mad scientist, and it, it just gets ridiculous. And then the other one is, of course, much more famous for reasons that mystify me. I think it's more famous for its title than anything else, which is uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. And, you know, the thing that's stupid about this is that... Do you mean the one thing that's stupid about it? Well, just the, one the thing? thing that's stupid is it's like King, King Kong is only, what, 50 feet high? Godzilla is like a thousand feet high, and yet in this movie they're both the same size, and I can't really tell 
if if it's like they're they're like what about five ten or five eleven? I guess that's about the height of the the. the I mean, it's a ja- couple of Japanese guys, so I think at best maybe with the suit they'd like be five ten, right? How dare you! I know. Anyway, so so it's King Kong versus Godzilla. Who cares what the plot is? They're both on Blu-ray, and the and the Blu-ray shows you how poorly shot these movies were. They are terrible. They are badly shot. They, these movies aren't even timed. There are, there are entire sequences that aren't even timed the same as other sequences. It's ridiculous. Well, because they're, they're low nuts. budget and cheap and fantastic. But they and weren't low budget. They like, they like built stuff. They built small miniature stuff for like it's... some Japanese, 5'10 <laughs> Japanese guy to stomp on and pretend like it's Tokyo. Oh my gosh. You love it. Talk about Anchorman. Uh, here's, here's what I'm going to say about Anchorman. <laughs> Now, I'm going to say something, Wade. That's yes. By the way, I'm taking this. This is mine. Uh, I will, we will discuss it. And oh, you probably, that, that you probably will because I don't thank, like it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just I'm giving you say, a hard I'm, time. I'm going to say something very controversial. Yes. yes. I only saw about 20 minutes of this film. You want to know why? Why? I went to the screen. Now, oh, which, which, I know which, the means, story. which means that I, I, did not, I did not see this Blu-ray. But <laughs> this, this movie has a history behind it. Okay. I was sitting in the screening. And uh, at the time, I was... I thought you saw the whole... I thought you saw the screening. No, 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 no. Oh, I went to the screening. Because I know the story, but... At the it's time, not, yes. Okay, well, anyway, carry on. At the on. time, I was having a, a, my very first fight with my now ex-girlfriend. Right, okay. So uh, I took my cousin, who was in town, to go see Anchorman 2. She's in town from Connecticut. She's okay. never been to a movie screening. She might be kind of a fun thing. And my girlfriend didn't want to see it. So we were feuding at the time. And, you know, it was our first fight. Didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, you, know, when, you know, when you date somebody... And then you get into your first fight. You don't really know how are you going to fight. Are you going to fight fair, low blows? Are you going to be nice about it? Are you going right. to be adult? Are you going to be childish? You don't know. Sure. But this one was becoming incredibly childish. I could tell already that this woman was going to fight like a, like a, just a disturbed child. So I took my cousin to the um, Anchorman 2 screening. I'm sitting in there wondering, what, what is my girlfriend doing? What is she thinking? It's our first fight. What's going on? About 20 minutes into the screening, I get a text from her. And the text, as I remember it, was an emoticon of a crying face, like a yellow face with, with tears. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, okay, this is how it's going to be. So literally, after laughing my butt off in the first 20 minutes of Anchorman, I had to leave the theater uh-huh. to talk to my girlfriend. Now, okay. as you know, these Anchorman films are pretty long. And I spent the entire rest of the movie, while my cousin was laughing her butt off, Mm-hmm. I spent the entire rest of the film arguing with my girlfriend outside the Burbank well, movie theater where the screen took place. Well. So what I'm saying is, and now, of course, we've broken up. So uh, what I'm saying is, is that I've seen the first 20 minutes of Anchorman. I thought it was hilarious. Then I got a text from my girlfriend because we were fighting. I left the theater to call her back. Never went back into the theater to see the rest of the movie. That. Yeah, wait. wait. Okay, so you, yeah, liked, you liked what you saw then. I think I'll put this over here. You liked what you saw. Oh, it was hilarious. Okay. Yep. Hey, but you, you did not. I'll tell you, I thought it started kind of funny, and then I thought it got old and flabby and dull and just utterly pathetic for like a good hour and 40 minutes and uh, sort of redeems itself in the last 10 minutes, which I thought were so uproariously hilarious. I, I, just, wanted to, I just wanted to pee. I could have wet Tell myself. I yeah. It was the last ten minutes are just absolutely priceless. But uh, that that's that's uh, other than that, it's uh, not of any worth whatsoever. Um, I just think it's a really disappointing sequel. I, it's sad. It, it should have been better. But it's like they just they're trying too hard. 
So you're you know? saying that I only saw the first 20 minutes. That was really all that was worth seeing. I left when the movie had kind peaked. Of, kind of, yeah. Did you see it by the... Did, did, did you see it up until they got to the whole new experimental cable thing? I mean, that's basically... For those who don't know, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows. It's like it takes place years later and this is, you know, there are yes, all has-beens. The, and there's the a new the, cable, 24-hour cable. It sits in the 80s now, right? We've yes. moved from the 70s There's now an American woman. So there's a whole... Woman. There's like a CNN-type operation that's being started by this psycho Australian guy and they are... They're all... He has to get the band back together again and, you know, yes. they're all doing weird things and Paul Paul Rudd's doing photography and, and you know the, and whatever the, uh, the, the RV flips over in slow motion and yeah so he gets the band back together again and they all uh, whatever so uh, and you know they somehow become this bizarre hit it, you know Rod, he becomes a new guy the new sensation with the new cable channel and he and his wife have broken up and the whole deal so whatever it's uh, but once they get to the whole new cable thing it just I don't know it just doesn't work it like I don't know it's, it's just trying too hard Anyway, um, uh, you know what? Best film of last year, for my money, bar none. Got no Oscar nominations. Tragic. I think there was, uh, it was this weird, bizarre Disney backlash or something. Uh, maybe because the movie came across to a lot of people like an adver- advertisement for its own uh, product. But Saving Mr. Banks is an absolutely wonderful movie. Absolutely charming. Wonderful in every respect. Yep. I, the, this movie is so unbelievably good. It's so slick. It's so old-fashioned. It's just delightful. There's nothing wrong with this movie. And I urge everybody to see it. Uh, John Lee Hancock, man, the guy is, he's just, he's rock solid. He's rock solid. He just knows how to pull the heartstrings. He knows how to not get in the way of his actors, not get in the way of his story. Uh, everything he did in The Blind Side, he does even better here. It's a wonderful movie. And, of course, if you don't know, it's the story of how uh, Walt Disney had to really, really struggle to woo the author of uh, Mary Poppins to give him the rights to turn it into the movie that we all love so dearly. And, of course, she had, she had no interest in, you know, Peel Travers had no interest in uh, it being a musical. She's just a cranky British lady who came over with all kinds of attitude. And, and everything that you see Emma Thompson portray in the movie versus Tom Hanks as Walt Disney is, is actually subdued. The Shermans, the, the, you know, Richard Sherman, I think, is the one who's still alive. Um, is, he will t- he, he's on the record as like, she was so much worse. She was so much worse than what is portrayed in the movie. We just couldn't even go to It's still to a her. Disney film. It's still a Disney film. She was just a horrible, horrible woman. And you even see over the end, end titles, uh, the end credits, there are, they play recordings the, uh, from her sessions with the Sherman Brothers. So you hear the real woman and you go, oh my gosh, it's exactly what Emma Thompson was doing. She is just a raging bitch. This woman is horrible. And yet you love her by the end of the movie as well. It is a, it's just a beautiful movie. And um, so many wonderful things. Great screenplay. Everything is just pitch perfect here. Uh, Paul Giamatti in a completely fictitious character, but just absolutely aces. Nothing wrong with this. I will say this. It's got very little extra content. Uh, it's a beautiful Blu-ray. But it, uh, they've, they've, somehow I feel like just the deleted scenes and a couple of uh, featurettes, they're, 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 they're anchoring to do something else with this. They're anchoring to do maybe a joint Mary Poppins, Saving Mr. Banks mega release with a bunch of extras. I don't Ooh. know. It feels, like, it feels like something's hooking up for the holidays. So, that's anyway. the beauty of the film. The fact is that this is essentially a gigantic commercial for a, 
a and Mary yet, Poppins Blu-ray, but it never feels like it. It never feels like it. It's no. just wonderful. And then Ann Middleton, totally overlooked movie last year with two wonderful actors in it. Uh, best thing I've seen Andy Garcia do in a long time. Vera Farmiga just can do no wrong in my book. Vera Farmiga, you could just... She's great. She could just sit on a park bench and stare at a camera for three hours. I'd, I'd watch that movie. Um, at Middleton, from a first-time director named Adam Rogers, who's quite talented, uh, both as a writer and a director. And uh, this is just delightful. It's uh, it's a little bit like One Fine Day. Did you ever see One Fine Day? I did. That was the Clooney thing. Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Couple of couple of single parents. A long time ago. You know, they're, they they and they you know it just meet through their kids, and it's like these two single parents who just connect and they have a whole you know wonderful romantic Hepburn and Tracy moment. Anyway, um, here Andy Garcia, Vera Farmiga, they're at uh, they're at the same college orientation with their kids. And uh, they wind up sort of leaving their kids and bailing on the whole orientation and just sort of having this wonderful romantic moment with each other uh, on the day when they're supposed to be adults and they're like reliving their college years. And it's, it's actually really, really sweet. And they're both wonderful and great chemistry. And it's not a deep film, but it's, a, it's, it's just a, it's a really honest film and beautifully acted, very nicely put together. So I think Rogers, who does a really good audio commentary... Uh, it really deserves some kudos. Uh, Andy Garcia deserves credit too for for taking this on as a producer and you know helping to make it happen. And uh, you know the I just I give him all the credit in the world. So um, really nice, good stuff, really good stuff. And that is at Middleton, beautiful on Blu-ray. And uh, real quickly, uh, I was not a fan of um, Your Highness. I'm even less of a fan, oddly enough, as much as I hated Your Highness, I'm even less of a fan of Knights of Badassdom. What the, seriously? What? Come on, Peter Dinklage, you're, you're in uh, Game of Thrones, man. Why, why put your cred on the line with this horrible because thing? Because he's not 100%, he is not castable in everything, for reasons well, this that is, are pretty obvious. He did this after Game of Thrones. He went and did Knights of Badassdom. Why? Steve Zahn, what are you doing? You've got your career back on track a little bit too. Really? What the what the hey you do? Why, you know Ryan Quantin, you're you're kind of trying to become a legit guy. Why are these people in this just dreadful, stupid movie? Um, it's just it's just like it's like Your Highness, except even worse. It's not good. Um, anyway, it's just stupid. I can't even I can't even get into it. Anyway. Don't see it. And um, Delivery Man, Vince Vaughn. Dud. Man, how did this not work? H- how did it get made? I mean, come on. It's, well, it's, it, it, I feel like this should have come out like in 1996. Okay, but you know you know the, the history of this, right? Oh, it's about a Delivery Man. Yeah, but you know this is a remake. Of? Of a, of a, of a French-Canadian film. Of the Dud. You, and it's, it's and it's, more of a Dud. You didn't know that? I did not. Really? I neither did that you. Was, no, I you did. I, I had to review the, uh, the French-Canadian film. You made that up. No. No, I didn't. It's, uh, the French-Canadian film was Starbuck. Oh, yeah. Never heard of it. Starbuck. And that wasn't even that funny, to be honest. I got to tell I mean, it was like, all right, it's kind of cute, and they're trying to be heartwarming and whatever. Uh, you know, he's a guy, he, did, he donated his sperm for a long time, and he finds out he's got like 500 and some children, and... Uh, they're all grown up, and he tries to become kind of guardian angel overseer to, you know, several of them and whatever. But uh, I don't know. It, it, Vince Vaughn has typically picked a lot of great project, projects, but this one is not one of them. And uh, it's just, it was not a film that should have been remade. 
And in the process of remaking, remaking it, they made it even even duller than it was the first time. Uh, it's supposed to be kind of a, a you know, the, the idea here is, if you look at him as a little bit like a, not so much a Scrooge, but as kind of a schlubby Scrooge, right? And by connecting with the children that he has in a, is un, astonishingly fathered, you know, through his mega sperm or whatever... That he somehow that the, the children are like the go, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, or whatever, and that somehow transforms him. I don't know. It's it doesn't really work. Good. You know what else Too doesn't bad. really work? Yeah. Is uh, the bag man? I have to tell you, I don't know. You know what? It, De Niro has gone so beyond parody at this point. I know. He will star in everything, anything, anything absolutely anything. That's why I'm thinking. You know what? We should approach him. We. You, me, and Corey should approach Robert De Niro and say, will you play Mark Kaiser in IG and Digigod's The Motion Picture? Really? Do I look like him? No. Oh, damn. But it, he'd, he'd do it, right? He, why not? And we're set. The only, now, The Bag Man, which uh, I can see everybody starring in The Bag Man just because they want to work with De Niro, even if it's for like a couple yeah, of hours. Sure. So you have um, John Cusack, who uh, he's this uh, hitman, and he has to deliver a bag to his boss. And the movie is all about getting the bag to the boss. De Niro is mm. the boss. You know that De Niro worked for three days and then got his money and then ran away, and he gets his name above the title, and it's another piece of crap. The only thing I'll say is that the movie does have Crispin Glover. Wasn't there a Carl Carlton song from the 1980s based on this? Huh? He's the bag man. De Niro? No? You're th- uh, first of all, you're trying to be funny. Don't get it. Okay. So I will try to make sense <laughs> of that by saying the Beatles did a song called The Tax Man. No, no. The Carl Carlton. Carl- Seriously, are to you me, kidding Carl me? To me, Carl Carlton is a character on The Simpsons. Oh, my gosh. Carl Carlton did a song called Bad Mama Jamma. He's a bad mama jamma. See, you know that. Mm-hmm. And when I was in school, a friend of mine... Honestly, thought that he was saying Batman's pajamas. Oh, speaking of Batman, so get this. <laughs> there we go. So, so yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, good night. This is the uh, the stream of consciousness train. So yesterday, oh my, gosh. I went to a party. It was a Family Guy party. It was a party for a new Family Guy mobile app. Now I don't really care about Family Guy mobile apps. Oh, I got that invite too. Oh, I totally went because here's Can't believe who, here's I, I somehow I'm not surprised. But anyway, carry you on. You realize. Adam West was there. Was he really? Yes. Okay. Seriously? Adam West is badass. I don't know how old he is, but he looks badass. I'll find out how old he is. He is... He is... You know what? I'm going to go right now on to... Now I'm so upset that I didn't go. He was... He is 85 years old. He is... I I, I am not kidding. He is badass. He looks great. Wow. (laughs) Wow. He is, you know what? That's he amazing. He looked great. Adam West is Adam West is actually like three months older than my oldest uncle. What? And, and, and my oldest uncle he runs three miles a day. He's eighty five too. He runs three miles a day. He looks fantastic. He's fabulous. But Adam West looks wicked, dude. Batman rocks. I mean, look at this. I mean, I'm, this, I'm no, looking this at is him with him. the shades, look man. Look at that. Look at that. He's great. So so sweet. So I I took Phil. And he still got I, the voice. Oh yeah. Oh, he works. He it does is me. badass oh. for eighty five. I am badass. so I am so gay right now. Could I tell you that? So I'm at, the straightest man on the planet. But in this moment right now, 
I'm I'm I'm, I'm flying my okay. I'm flying my rainbow flag for Batman. So right. Adam West was there, and uh, yeah. he gave a bit of a speech beforehand. Just you know, I'm the mayor of Quahog, and nice. he's he's like, whatever city you live in, I want to be your mayor too. Yeah. And uh, so oh, yeah. so I took Phil. Yeah. Uh, my our, our friend Phil. Yep. And who is one of the most entertaining people that we know. Yes. He really is. He's short and bald. Uh, watching watching Phil in the mosh pit, just ten inches from Tom Jones, mighty member. Is one of the great highlights of my life. But anyway, so outside before you went in, when everybody was signing in by the tables where you give your name and you yes. sign in, you get your little bracelet. Uh, I see Adam West looking mm-hmm. badass. Yeah. So literally, bad, like not like oh that's oh how how nice for an older man to look bad. No, no, legitimately for any age, yeah. badass. Yeah. So I say to Phil, come on, you know you want your picture taken with Adam West. And he's like, uh, okay, let's do it. I'm only here once. I, I don't know anybody here. I know, if they laugh at me, what do I care? I don't, I don't know anybody here. Yeah. So we, I take Phil's phone, his iPhone, take the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm lock and loaded with it. He walks up to Adam West and says, Mr. West, can I have your picture? And Phil is immediately cock-blocked by Adam's publicist <sighs> who says – um, yeah, you know what? He he won't take pictures outside. He'll he'll take pictures inside. You know when when the when the event is is, is started. Oh. So we thought right, maybe we can make that happen. Ask me if that picture ever got taken. Never got take, taken. Never got no. taken. No. Man. Never got taken. You know what though? I'll tell you something. Series, the original Batman TV series, coming out this year. It's coming out this year. I am going to chase down an interview with Adam West. For you and for me. Damn right. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if we can, if, we, if they have an event, we're going to do it. We're going to get Phil over there. We're going to get that picture. We're going to get that damn picture. You yeah, hear me? It'll be great. Be There's careful. actually a lot of great TV coming out soon. The Honeymooners is all 39 episodes. Yes. Of the Honeymooners. Yes. coming By the Honeymooners, by the way. But that's not all 39 episodes of the Honeymooners because there are a lot of it. There's the, uh, there's the Lost Honeymooners and then there are Honeymooners, you there's know, later honeymooners, episodes, yes. the New Honeymooners. No, no, no. These are the, the ep- 39 yeah, classic the, uh, episodes. Classic 39, correct. Honey- on Blu-ray. CBS, on Blu-ray. yes. And by the way, the yep. Honeymooners, by the way, directed by a, 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 a distant relative of mine. Yeah. Frank Satinstein. Distant relative of mine. Lovely. Anyway, uh, so, no, but here's the thing. CBS, CBS and Paramount are releasing the following shows mm-hmm. on Blu-ray. Not only the honeymooners, yep, but Andy Griffith show. Season I know one. Andy Griffith season one. By all, the way, all Blu-ray, all Blu-ray, Blu-ray. Yep, I Love Lucy season one. Blu-ray, Blu-ray. Yep. How awesome is that? Yep. Come on, Sweet. get some. Kicking, rock and roll, lock and load. We're good. Uh, Ooh, let's let's see if let's see if your second ring ding is is uh, do defrosted. That. And I will, uh, and then I will uh, relate to everybody the gloriousness of the Invisible Woman. Which is uh, Ray Fine's second movie as a director, and I got to tell you, it's fantastic. Uh, this is such an underrated movie, wonderful, directed by Ray Fines from a screenplay by Abby Morgan, who did a beautiful job and who's a real up and coming screenwriter. And um, did you really like this that much? I thought it was great. So I really stodgy. did. Yeah, but but it's a, it's, it needs to be. It's a style. What did you what you want? Rock and roll, Dickens? Yes, I do. You want him like shaking his booty? You want him like you know ro- <laughs> like rolling his rump with his mistress? What are you looking for? It's, it's too. A, It's Victorian. It's Victorian. Victorian. It's the story of Charles Dickens having an affair with a younger woman. Are you? I mean, come on. What are you going to do? It's. You know, there's there's some speculation here. We all know that Dickens basically did have an affair with this younger woman, a substantially younger woman. Okay. Different. But but the there there are interesting details, interesting things that they fill in. There's there's you know I won't get into some other things, but there are things that happened in Dickens' life that may or may not have been involved with this woman, and there are some. Points in this film where you just go, no way, 
And that doesn't usually happen in these period pieces. Wait, but look at that. All right, That was sweet. pretty good, right? Looks they did good. right amount of cream with Give the chocolate around it. Give me some. Rock on, brother. I'm going to let you go go hog wild on the on the television in a moment while I eat this thing. Well, but um, why don't you why don't you give me those give me those DVDs and Blu-rays? All right, here you can be the man. Really, I can be the man. You can be the man. Thank you. Yes, you can. I really appreciate that. Uh, so anyway, the uh, the Invisible Woman is on Blu-ray and DVD combo set from uh, Sony Pictures Classics, and it's just lovely. Ray Fiennes, of course, plays Charles Dickens, and the amazing can do no wrong Felicity Jones uh, plays his uh, his mistress uh, Nellie. And uh, oh, Nellie, I'll yeah. suffer more. It, great commentary. Great commentary with Ray Fiennes and Felicity Jones. One of the best I've heard in a very, very long time. Uh, red carpet from the Toronto premiere. And uh, they, uh, there are SAG Foundation conversations with Ray Fiennes and Felicity Jones. Mostly just kind of publicity stuff. And I, I got to tell you, it's, I, I, it's a beautiful Blu-ray. The film is beautifully shot on film. Uh, really preserves the, the, the very nice look. Rob Hardy did a great job capturing the, uh, the period and the whole dusty sense of, uh, of the Victorian era. And I, I just think it's a really sharp, very literate, beautiful film. I put it in the same league as Her Majesty uh, Mrs. Brown with uh, Judy Dench and uh, Billy Connolly from back in the 90s. Same type of film, same kind of feeling, really great. And i got to say, Felicity Jones, who, by the way, came storming onto the scene in Drake DeRamis's, uh Like Crazy, which a lot of people hated, including our friend Ray. I think it's And a, me. I love that movie. It's a beautiful like film. So it's freaking awesome. Have you seen his new film with her? No. What's, what is it? Breathe In. Just opened. Actually, it, actually it opens... Yeah, it's, it just opened in L.A. You didn't catch any screenings, did no. you? Loser. Is Breathe it In. It, she's amazing. She's so... Lo- it's like unbelievable. Director Ramis, same, you know, same director. Well, she's like great. No one, Jones, no one, uh, yes. Same cinematographer, the same kind of vibe. Uh, this time, it's um, uh, Guy Pierce plays a, uh, a cellist and a music teacher... She comes, you know, he's got a daughter uh, who's in, who's in uh, uh, high school, and Felicity Jones plays this British exchange student. She's 30 years old. She's playing an exchange student in high school. That's how amazing she is. And she comes from England and, of course, you know, disrupts the whole... And I know everybody's thinking, oh, she seduces him and all this, but it's like, man, it's, 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 it's Malikian. Can I say that? It's Malikian. <laughs> it is really awesome. Breathe in. It's just wonderful. So anyway, Invisible Woman, also awesome. Totally cool. I'm going to eat this. You talk television. God, enough with the movie. No one's ever going to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we got two box sets. When I say box sets, I mean um, a oh, bunch yeah. of DVDs that they stuffed into a bigger box and they <laughs> called it a box set. First, we have Here's Lucy, the complete series. Now, uh, Finally, Lucy- this, is, this has been on, uh, I know I'm supposed to let you talk, but I'm going to say this has been on public domain crap for a long time. Thank goodness, finally comes out, yes. a complete series in yes. a proper release. That is right. Now, yep. this show ran from 1968 to 1974. The Lucy show uh, was the show she, was this major sitcom she did after I Love Lucy. Um, not that that wasn't popular, but uh, Lucy really wanted her two kids to star in a show. So she launched Here's Lucy, which stars Lucy Arnaz and Desi Arnaz Jr. And this thing lasted for a long time. It was never my favorite show. It had some great guest stars, including Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor, Jackie Gleason, uh, Jack Benny, who we'll talk about in a second. A lot of great uh, mm-hmm. guest stars. Because Lucy was still, was the, back then, just as much of an icon as she is now. She was so powerful. She could yep. do anything she wanted. She was unbelievably powerful. Do you realize, you know, people, people don't realize that Desilu Productions... Like a major production company for the time. Yeah. Desilu Productions produced Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That was like... Right. You realize that I love... Like Lucille Ball. Oh, Lucille Ball, who cares? She's a mm-hmm. comedian. No, no. Was that Lucille Ball? Possibly? No Star Trek. That's right. Put that out there. That's right. 
Uh, Gene Autry show. Now this show, this is old school uh, lame. TV folks. Really? Lame. Yeah, lame. Uh, the, you know, you know what it is? They're they're quaint. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. This ran from 1950 to 1956, so this is the early days of television. If he weren't so beloved as the of the as the original owner of the Angels, wouldn't even be quaint. It'd be just lame. Yeah, but what I what I love about the old shows, especially the ones like early in the run, is how they have like the sponsors are built into it. Like like the early shows were sponsored by Wrigley's Doublemint Chewing Gum. If I took this very dull knife right now with cake on it, yes, and started stabbing you. Would this recording actually be, could it be admissible as evidence? Okay. Moving on from G. (laughs) Okay. The Jack Benny program, um, loved it. This is the Jack Benny program, The Lost Episodes. This has uh, about 10 of these. And Jack Benny was one of the originals, one of the greats, uh, great comedian, great talk show host, great personality, great raconteur, Mm. great storyteller. Mm -hmm. He was absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. He had a 30-year career, and he was one of the greats of American comedy, especially during the early years of TV. Uh, the lost episodes include uh, guest stars like Natalie Wood, uh, Gary Cooper, George Byrne, Dick Van Dyke, John Wayne, Milton Berle, and uh, it's great. Awesome. Absolutely great. It's yep. a 20-page booklet. Um, if you're a fan of vintage television, go for it. If your parents remember who Jack Benny is, oh my God. Go Even if you're not a fan, I just, just Jack Benny, man. I, I, great uh, me- stuff. Medical Center is finally out. Man, that is a weird show. It was. This is the first season. It's just... I never. It just seemed like it just a generic. Like Chad yeah. Everett kind of had a moment as like a handsome young yeah. star, but I just thought he was lame. Chad Everett has only had one truly great moment in his entire career, only one, and it's that cameo that he has in Mulholland Drive with Naomi Watts. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. It is an amazing scene. That is a great, great scene. All right, six discs, uh, twenty six episodes. The series ran from sixty nine to. Uh, 76, they were a lot better uh, Mm -hmm. doctor shows than this before and after. So Medical Center, I mean, maybe if you're nostalgic for it because you knew when you were younger, great. Otherwise, forget it. Uh, A couple other stuff for TV. We have the the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast. Now, um, there was just, as you know, about a month ago, Wade just uh, gifted us and gifted me with a box set to end all box sets of Dean Martin Celebrity Roast. This is a smaller set. Uh, fits nicely on your little shelf. This one only includes Betty White, George Burns, Muhammad Ali, Telly Savalas, Red Fox, and a couple others. But um, it's still, it's got six, uh, six DVDs, 17 roasts. I love these things. These things are great. Um, they're old school. They're funny. They're, they're ribald. They're out there. Uh, they're just classic. It's just classic. I love seeing all these guys just old. You, you done with that already? I'm done, man. God, I'm done. And you're gonna have to, when you're done with TV, I want you to get me some water. And then Just I'm going to. there. It, I'm, please. Okay, fine. I had to wash your big, big chunk of chocolate down with something. Ooh, really? Well, see, part of, see, part of the reason I didn't like it was because I thought I should have used more, more a, a sweeter chocolate. Oh yeah, sweeter that's what chocolate. it needed. It needed to be sweeter. It's sweet. It's like the sweetest thing I ever had. Really? And my face is caving in on itself. It's so sweet. All right, Wade. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I never thought I would see the day. When and they, they they did a good job too packaging this thing. Little House on the Prairie made it to Blu-ray. Made it to Blu-ray season yeah. one and the pilot. Yeah, and and they're and they're pushing the rest of it out pretty briskly. Like season two and season three are already on deck. It's I mean they're, they're by the end of the year the whole series will be on Blu-ray and they'll have like a big Christmas Blu-ray complete series deal. I mean it's 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 it's, it's weird to me. 
I kind of grew up on this show. It, it, it premiered in 1974. Yeah. And it, it went on for almost 10 years. It ended in 1982. And Michael Landon, who died of cancer yeah. um, many years ago, but I remember at the time, he was like kind of one of the first... He was one of the first TV personalities that I grew up with who yeah. died True. of like, some tragic way. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, this show really had a moment. This show brought us, of course, um, uh, what's her name? Melissa Gilbert. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, based uh, on the classic you. novel. Actually, it's a series of Little House novels mm-hmm. by Laura Ingalls, Ingalls Wilder. Yes. It's uh, great. The Blu-ray, NBC, Lionsgate, they did a terrific job. Yes. They have the screen tests of Michael Landon and Melissa Gilbert. They have a documentary, which is pretty good. A lot of uh, new interviews. And uh, it's great. I have to say, Little House on the Prairie, I, you know, watching the show now, I realize it's just a little too quaint in 70s to really hold up. But you know what? Your kids will love it. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's totally cool. Yep. Uh, less than totally cool is the fifth season of Eight is Enough. <laughs> this show's just terrible. What were, what were we thinking? This is what was what we thinking kind of shows. I know, I know. You, you, you're like, ah, oh, that was a great, that was a pretty good I, show. Christy yeah, McNichol and Dick Van Patten. Uh, I went to. I had. You watch it again, you go, oh, what? Really? Ooh. I had dinner with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago at the local Peasant, which is the, my local watering hole. It's yeah. a nice gastro pub type mm-hmm. restaurant. And I get in there, I see my friend who had gotten there early. She got there about ten minutes early to grab a table because it gets crowded. Mm-hmm. And I walk in there. And the first thing she says to me, this is like about two weeks ago, she says to me, do you realize who was sitting at this table right before we sat down? Hmm. Dick Van Patten. Oh. By the way, speaking of, dude, Monday, do you want to go to Catalina Supper Club? What's that? And Catalina Island. On Catalina Island? Next Monday. I got to work. Dude, Linda Carter's performing. <laughs> Sweet, right? I, I, are you going to that? I got a baby, but I'm thinking about packing her up and uh, maybe flying over, taking a little uh, little Cessna over and drop down. And wait, where would you get a would you get a Cessna out of like Santa Monica Airport? Yeah, why not? Could you do that? Could you sure. could you go from Santa Monica Airport to Catalina? Of course you could. Really? Yeah, charter a little plane. Charter a plane. Drop a little C note. Say, take me to Catalina, bro. Okay, yeah, drop on down to Linda Carter Supper Club. Woo, Linda Carter, spin around, spin around. Not gonna happen. Deflect some bullets. Woo, yeah. <laughs> See, at first I thought you were really going to go. Now I just realize it's a big goof. <laughs> uh, finally, if I could, Psych. I would. I swear Psych. I would. Finally, we have Psych, the eighth and final season yep. of the show. I don't know how the show. All these USA shows are just terrible. Um, they're all just quirky and Lasso me. And Make me tell the truth. Lasso me. Anyway, eighth and final season of Psych. It's uh, three discs and uh, a bunch of deleted scenes and uh, behind the scenes and a bunch of crap. I just This show is just another... Stupid USA. Seriously, USA who show. would not want Wonder Woman tying them up? Well, Linda not, Carter well, shows up with that lasso. It's like, yeah, oh, well, not seriously. A, not at sixty-five years old. Come on, she looks fantastic, dude. She has not aged. She is not. She's like Lindsay Wagner. She's like like the like all the Charlie's Angels, all the all all of those women from from the uh, the nineteen seventies who were on ABC. Something about the whole ABC family in the nineteen seventies. Absolutely amazing. Our little Lindsay Wagner, by the way, sixty-four yeah. years old. Okay, wait, we're done. Wicked awesome. We're done. Uh, no, we got a few other things. Oh. We got a few other things. Real quickly, we got we got to blow through some uh, some really really good classic vintage stuff here. Um, we'll probably have to continue some of this other stuff next week. But uh, we got some Twilight Time titles that I really want people to be very much aware of because this is great stuff. Uh, Twilight Time. First of all, brand new Fargo, newly remastered Blu-ray looks fantastic. 
Uh, special features, you know, you got a Deacon's uh, commentary, which is fine. He's a little dry, but it's it, it's fine. And a couple of featurettes, and you know, it's it, it is what it is. But really, really good remaster. I mean, compared to the previous Blu-ray, I know people are like, I bought the Coen Brothers Blu-ray set. Yeah, and why they do make me double dip? It's worth. It is worth upgrading. Definitely worth an upgrade. So that's Fargo, uh, Twilight Time. Uh, who always comes up with really, really great licensed titles. Fever Pitch. No, not the Jimmy Fallon Fever Pitch. Uh, the one that turns it into a, uh, a baseball story. The one in which pitch means the soccer field, the original subject of the Nick Hornby novel. Uh, and did you ever read Fever Pitch? No. The Nick Hornby book? So, no. so good. You know, Nick Hornby, he's, he's God, man. He rules. High fidelity. If you're, if you're, yeah, if you're, if you're a soccer fan, this, this just speaks to, this speaks to your soul. And uh, it is really absolutely fantastic. Uh, directed by David Evans, who has become known uh, for directing um, uh, Downton Abbey since. This is a 1997 film, by the way. Uh, this is just like the quintessential uh, soccer film. And it is really, really wonderful. And I can't get enough. And uh, if, you're, if you're a soccer fan, this is, this is Colin Firth at his very, very best. It is wonderful. Uh, so that's a Fever Pitch from 1997. Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia has a real cult following, and uh, this is Twilight Time helping MGM celebrate its 90th birthday. And uh, this is one of, I'd say, one of the one of the more controversial Sam Peckinpah films. Definitely worth checking out. If you're a Peckinpah fan, it's a must. If you're not a Peckinpah fan, you probably want to kind of get yourself a little prepared for it. It's, um, it is... Boy, I'll tell you, it, it may, may be the best thing that Warren Oates has ever done, but it, it can, it oh, can be... Oh, no way. Warren Oates, is, he's a Sergeant Hulka, our big toe. Yeah, of course he is. And then uh, also a limited edition release from Twilight Time of Conrack, which doesn't get enough uh, credit. This is a Martin Ritt film starring John Voight as a, uh, basically as Pat Conroy, uh, you know, based on Pat Conroy's memoir about his time when he was... Um, teaching on uh, an island near South Carolina to uh, primarily really, really poor black children. And it's a, it's, a, it's a terrific film. It's really, really good. And it has a surprisingly great early score from uh, John Williams. And then uh, lastly, we've got Equus, the uh, film version of the play that keeps getting done over and over and over. I think Broadway has had like 97 revivals of Equus. And, uh, it's, you know, Peter Schaefer wrote Equus, great, you know, uh, screenwriter. The movie was directed by Sidney Lumet, who se- feel- seems a little bit out of his element at times. Um, it, it seems a little hamstrung by the theatricality of it, but there's some great performances here, especially by Joan Plowright and uh, Jenny Agutter. Jenny Agutter just can do no wrong whatsoever. But, um, you know, it's uh, War Horse, it's, it certainly is not. And then lastly, All the King's Men which very deservedly won uh, Best Picture in 1949, is basically a, a, you know, from director Robert Ross, and this is basically a very thinly uh, fictionalized uh, story of Huey Long, and it is, it is a powerful, devastating, great film. One of the lesser-seen Best Pictures of, uh, of all time, but definitely worth seeing. It, uh, the last Best Picture of the 1940s, and really kind of a powerful transitional film. It's... Uh, you know, it's sort of, you can tell that you're moving from the 40s into the 50s with All the King's Men. So, really a first-rate movie and a terrific, very, very deserving uh, best, picture, best, uh, best actor performance from Broderick Crawford, who is amazing in it. Broderick Crawford, you know, never, never a real superstar actor, but he kills it in this. Mark, have you fled? Are you gone? Mark? <laughs> 